92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Friday Toast of the Arts and Parks show with the National Parks Arts Foundation. And I'm Lisa Smith. And I'm Nancy Reed. And together we are the mother-daughter travel team and publishers of the digital interactive Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. It's our variety publication. It covers everything from art and music to food and wine, travel, history, nature, you name it. And we also publish Parks and Travel magazine, and that covers just what you think, Parks and Travel and uh, you can see both the publications, uh, both free. Go to BigBlendMagazines.com. And uh, speaking about Parks and Travel Magazine, that is where we feature all these amazing artists that are part of the National Parks Arts Foundation Artists in Residence series. It's, it's an incredible program, and uh, very excited about today's show, Nancy. Um, you know, we're going to Death Valley. It's the first time we're cool. going to Death Valley with the National Parks Arts Foundation. Yeah. And um, we're actually, this is, this is I'm going to be honest with everyone, this is a pre-recorded interview because uh, we wanted to catch up with Sarah Whedon, who is an amazing photographer who's there right now. It's in the middle of July, uh, excuse me, January. You'll get my, my date straight. Um, but she's out in Death Valley now, so we wanted to capture what was going on now for her. Um, so Sarah Whedon is on the show, and she's amazing. She um, really uses photography to raise collective consciousness. And when you look at her photos, uh, you can go to Sweden, oh, sweden.us, so it's s-w-e-e-d-e-n.us for her website. Um, she's also on Instagram under Sarah underscore W-E-E-D-E-N. So check that out because you'll see her art is amazing. Uh, she really does tell a story. Uh, so excited to have her on the show. And also Tanya Ortega is back on. She's the founder of National Parks Arts Foundation. And you can go to their website, nationalparksartsfoundation.org. I encourage you, especially artists, check it out. You could be a musician, a poet, a writer, a filmmaker, a photographer. Um, there's so many options there. And so many opportunities. You just got to get in the process and be part of it. So check it out. So Tanya, uh, Tanya, where are you? Welcome back. (laughs) Oh, thank you for having me. I am in Kona, Hawaii. I'm at the beach. And um, it's a beautiful, sunny day. I love to wow. hear that. Yeah, we're getting a little chilly here in Tucson, Arizona, as we record this. Uh, but I'm going to bring Sarah on. Sarah, you're in Death Valley. Tell us a little bit about it and welcome. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Death Valley is beautiful. It is a very balmy uh, 50 degrees, and we've had a lot of rain this week, and uh, wow. it's very 
very unique for the desert, and mm-hmm. um, so it's it's been interesting to be here uh, with with the weather um, so different than what it normally is. But it's been absolutely mm-hmm. spectacular, and uh, I am staying at Stovepipe Wells. Uh, nice. A lot of the campgrounds and um, you know places to stay are actually closed because of the the shutdowns, but mm-hmm. um, at uh, the Stovepipe Wells Hotel here. Um, I've got the dunes in my view and the mountains in the distance. So pretty spectacular. Wow, wow that's amazing. And nice. and as I recall, Stovepipe Wells is kind of the, near the entrance, like where Rhyolite is. You know, Nancy and I hung out there where there's a big metal sculpture of a <laughs> miner and a penguin. And to this day, I want to know what penguins have <laughs> to, to do, do with, with this. It. And that ghost town, which is really, it's a tricky place. It's been in all kinds of Hollywood movies and stuff, but I love that ghost town and the ghosts. Have you been there? You saw the big pink Mm, woman? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love, I love the Last Supper sculpture there. It's amazing. Okay. So, okay. So the Last Supper part, now you're in Death Valley, but down the road in Joshua Tree area in Yucca Valley, there is um, Jesus Christ Park and an artist created... (laughs) All these sculptures of Jesus and these up in the yucca trees and Joshua trees, and there's an act, actual Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you call that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's well, like it's a kind really, of a mural. It's not of. a mural. It's it's like it's a big thing. Like it's it's just like a big sculpture. But there's a window where Nancy and I keep wanting to go and like, here's your pizza. Here's your pizza. <laughs> like, but anyway, that's that's. It's kind of a trippy thing because it's very similar, but there's two different artists that did it, you know, did these things. That's but, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, you should go Well, there fun fact about to... that sculpture, they used yeah. locals um, from Didi, uh to pose for the, the sculpture for the Last Supper. So um, they sat for the sculpture and then were draped in, you know, whatever the artist used to create the cast. So, um you know, a wow. little bit of uh, local history there. <laughs> wow, this is cool. I mean, That's who knew funny. this is what we were going to be talking about? You know, it's cool. <laughs> and and yeah, I'm just I'm trying to go and find out more what they would call this. Like it's like a relief. Like the yeah, I'm trying to right. go and look, but that's okay. It's it's anyway the like a plaster mold in my life. Yeah, it's really cool. So when you're out there, and this is you know, isn't this like the lowest point in in the country? Like the mm-hmm. lowest elevation wise. Elevation-wise, that's correct. Um, it's it, parts of it are below sea level. Right. Oh man, it's so cool. We haven't been there for a few years. See, but it just it just proves that the desert used to be the ocean. underwater, and that's why when you <laughs> if you go collect rocks and rock hounding, you find rocks that have um, sea creatures embedded in them. Mm-hmm. And have solidified, and it just shows. Have you seen any fossilized, mm-hmm. you know, sea creatures in Death Valley since you've been there, Sarah? Well, I, I haven't. Um, some of the hikes that have fossils are closed, um, but mm-hmm. I know that there are, you know, definitely the typical sea creatures like trilobites and and corals, mm-hmm. um, but also mm-hmm. a lot of tracks um i guess there were you know very large mammals at one point like camels mm. and uh prehistoric cool. horses so um so maybe someday <laughs> yeah <laughs> so was this your first time to death valley i know you're based in utah right no 
That's correct. Um, I actually have been here once before, um, spent a week here about two years ago um, in January, which is to come here. So um, mm-hmm. it just really, I'm, I'm hooked on it. It's, it's absolutely it's weird. incredible to, to yeah. yeah, it is. It's very surreal. And I think that's why yeah. I like it so much. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels like you're on a different planet. Um, yeah. You know, some of the rock formations and, you know, the, the color of the, the soil and, you know, it just, mm. it doesn't seem real and, mm-hmm. you know, it really takes you out of your element. So I, I really like being, you know, disoriented and uh, being out of the familiar. And so, you know, this is, this is right up my alley. It's awesome. I, Death Valley is I a trip. It. it is a trip. We got crazy. We went on some crazy road <laughs> and got into some place yeah. where it was like a mining community. Like we were going towards oh. Ridgecrest, but there was some road on the map that said you could go from Death Valley Park down this dirt road and you'll get to, and it begins with a T or something, and it was like this, it's like Ballarat almost abandoned. Or Trona. 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 You're right. It's Trona. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's I trippy, have already man. been and to Trona. It is that road ridiculous. Was trippy and yeah, Trona is trippy. That whole that was trippy. Like I'm just saying, like yep. trippy, trippy. Yep. Man, Trona is, <laughs> absolutely. Is, is, is such an interesting place. I remember the first time mm-hmm. I went through there. It uh, it was just I thought that people were firing at a firing range all night, but what the town does right. is they let off these sound bombs. Because birds will fly and land on the pipes that are over, like, that salt lake, right? And the crystals will start growing on their legs, and they'll get stuck there. So they do these these sounds that seems like everybody there is shooting at a gun range, but it's so the birds fly away before the crystals stick them there. It's such a strange place. I mean, it's bizarre. Another thing that happened to me when I was there one time is I went to – the only there was one tiny diner for breakfast you know a paper plate sort of place and I met one of the guys who had arrested Marilyn Manson out no out way. there yeah yeah Charles Manson so, you mean was, uh yes I'm sorry Marilyn Manson not Marilyn Manson Charles Manson sorry yeah Charles Manson I'm like oh, oh wow Charles, oh Nancy oh. dated Nancy dated one of the guys in Charles Manson's gang but anyway that's oh, a whole other story <laughs> That's a whole other story. Just one date, and that was that. Well, and then, and they, then it was like, no way. They arrested him Dude, or something. Yeah, he got arrested on our date. I was like, he said, you need to walk away oh. now. I'm about to be arrested. I'm like, why? And and then he tells me, I'm like, I didn't walk. I, I'm like, I'm out of here. Oh and they did. They arrested him. Okay, you never we know where were, these we conversations just, are going. We but were anyway. playing Frisbee in the park. <laughs> but I do want to see Marilyn Manson like do a concert there in Toronto. Come on, that would be a crazy. Right, in Toronto. <laughs> Valley is just the weirdest. It's like being on another planet. We, we went to Amargosa, mm-hmm. and there was like these all these labyrinths, mm. and there was a really cool restaurant. And mm. I mean, it wasn't like much of a town. I mean, this is years ago. And it was a cool restaurant, and people are just so laid back, and it's like it's just very real living, you know. So during the shutdown, I know there's the park, and some parts are closed. But are mm. you exploring the surroundings much, Sarah? Oh yes, I think <laughs> uh, I'm 
probably driving an average of 200 miles a day. So I try to be in one location for the Mm -hmm. sunrise and then another location for the sunset. So, um, and I, I did go to that town, Amargosa, um, which is Mm. really interesting because, you know, it's the heart of it is really this opera house and, uh, you know, in the middle of the desert and, uh, you know, you can have tours of it and it is a fully functioning hotel and, Um, when we were there, which it has many, many rooms, um, you know, this long kind of corridor of, Mm, um, you know, doors into these rooms and, um, it was fully booked, fully booked. Wow. wow. And, um, like the shining. (laughs) (laughs) And they had an opera that night and, uh, unfortunately we weren't able to stay for the opera, but, Mm. Um, I guess, you know, on a regular basis, they have, they have operas come in there and, you know, this giant auditorium and all the walls are painted and um, with murals. And so it's, it's, it's that kind of thing that you'll find in Death Valley that you just, you know, you just never know. It's a trip. But this is the thing, you know, I mean, you're, um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, down the road from there, I don't know if you've gone yet, Sarah, but it's Amargosa Hot Springs. And um, it is incredible. And that's the restaurant you're talking about. I think it's called The Bistro. And a woman named Amy yeah, yeah. Um, owns it. And I was dining there. Incredible. People drive from L.A. and Las Vegas just to have dinner there. I was there one time, and uh, uh, many of the Blue Man group came as well as people from Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> they were all okay, coming wait, just got to have Cirque du Soleil, the Blumen Group, and Marilyn Manson. This is it. This is the concert <laughs> that needs to happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because this, this, there, there was this couple that was the – this was – this has got. This is based when we lived in Joshua Tree. I think mm-hmm. we. I don't even know if we'd moved. This is way back. I'm going to say long time ago. At least 15 years ago. We. I don't even think we had a radio show then. Um, that mm-hmm. we went there with our friend Jerry, who has a B and B or had a. She's closed <laughs> now in, in 29 Palms, and we. She was like, let's go out, and we went to this date ranch, China date ranch or something. Yes. And all that area, but we went and we this restaurant, and there were like. It was like you did not expect to have that kind of food in the middle of the desert, like real food, you know, really good food. So I I don't know if it's a... 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Same place. 
Tanya, do you think? I think it is because it's right up. It's just, um, I think, just a little bit north, a little bit uh, east, but north of um, China Date Ranch. Yeah, it's the only Mm. restaurant out there, and it's incredible. And it's small. I mean, maybe they can see Mm -hmm. 25 people or something, you know. Wow. It's amazing. Wow. Sarah, have you been to the Date Ranch? There's good bread in there. No, I haven't. It's Uh-oh. yummy. There's I'll yummy. Have to put that there. on the list. And I think this is this is amazing that you're there in January because you know people kind of flock to the desert in the cooler temperature times. And so Tanya, I I want to just touch with based on you with you on this because it's this is kind of a unique opportunity to be able to be in Death Valley at this point. You know, I know some people will get in there for the wildflowers. I know here in Tucson we already have wildflowers, which is weird, but it's it's happening. It's like a month or um, I know, <laughs> um, but what. I mean, Death Valley, is this the first one you've done in Death Valley? Have you done them through the years? This is the first time we've covered it Oh, we've it been doing you. them in Death Valley now, I think, for maybe eight years now. Wow. I don't know why we haven't wow. had an interview from there. Right now we wow. actually have three artists there. Um, wow. So it's, it's become a big thing. The only um, sort of difference is, is that the – the National Park Service itself doesn't um, contribute to the program, so we have to be very, um, you know, it actually leaves us a lot of freedom, believe it or not, but, but um, mm. you know, we've got to be very sure. uh, selective and uh, things like that, which kind of works out when there's things like a government shutdown that we don't rely on mm. the, the National Park Service mm-hmm. out there, so... <laughs> it worked. It turned out to be right okay. Now, I, just, I, I just have to say that um, one of my earliest experiences um, in, in Death Valley, I went with a friend of mine, Yvonne, who was a brilliant photographer who has since passed on. And we went <laughs> in her car and we drove around, and then the sand started like kicking up, and there was a storm. And so she just said, okay, I think we'll just sit it out. Right. Well, the sitting out <laughs> of the of the storm meant Sarah. Take note. No, this seriously. Is, no, this is really one of the funniest things. The car got half buried while we were in it, and then oh my goodness, we were like kind of fell asleep, woke up, and we're like, oh, now it's dark, and then it was you. You have to no open, air. You have to open your windows a little bit in order to breathe after a while. And so sand was coming in, and I'm like, we're being buried alive here. And she goes, well, I can't really start the car. And eventually in the morning, here came, God bless our rangers. And they knocked on the windows, and they were like, "Uh, (laughs) we've got shovels. And we're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Wow. And they really, they dug us out and then they gave us a, a well-deserved lecture on this is why you just don't stop where you are but we <laughs> did have trouble driving in in the sandstorm and i have to say she had the most brilliant car because it was all on one side where it was so different than the other side <laughs> one side was like there was no paint, and the other side there was a broken paint job. It was amazing, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. Wow, that's an intense experience. So Sarah, there you awesome. go. 
when it's storming, stay inside. <laughs> I'm just saying it was a really yeah. weird experience. And that's when I got, like, I love parks and I love our park rangers. I know, I know. I think that yeah. you've got a neat balance, Tanya, with, with that because, you know, even in Hawaii, the volcanoes, you have the house on the outside. So when things get weird, like mm. not just shutdowns, but um, volcanoes. Eruptions. <laughs> Erupting. <laughs> that there's, you know, things to do. But it, it's such a varied um platform that you have with these you know you dry tortugas out on you know loggerhead key out in the you know mm. your own little island you know then you could be out in the ancient ruins and chaco i mean it's really amazing the variety which showcases what america is um so i think what you have is you know for offerings for artists of all mediums to be able to jump in and have such a unique experience and Sarah, I wanted to ask that. I mean, is this the first time you've done this with the National Parks Arts Foundation, gone in, and uh, gone into a residency like this? And, and also, what led you to do it? Uh, yes, it is my first time. Um, so, mm. you know, it, it honestly the the opportunity to go to Death Valley was was you know mm. something I, I couldn't give up so I mean this is you know this is something that you know I talked to Tanya about and um you know she encouraged me to apply so um this is something that uh is sort of a departure from my other work a bit Mm -hmm. uh you know which has been Mm -hmm. a lot of you know work focused on kind of environmental awareness um but this is this is a refreshing uh, you know, look for me at um, land use sites. And, you know, a lot of them are really, really old, right? The mining, mm. um, you know, the old mines and the ruins. Um, it's just, it's very interesting the way that, you know, you can have an entire town completely isolated spot up in the mountains, mm-hmm. right? And, this tiny little mine, you know, where they were digging for gold mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just in this incredibly harsh environment, right? I mean, yeah. they, you know, probably had a very, very difficult time getting supplies up there and, you know, stayed probably year round. And um, it's just amazing the lengths that, you know, people will go to, to, to mine and extract these, you know, resources yeah, wow. from the ground. And, you know, now they're open so to the public, I'm, which is amazing. So, you know, it's a different kind of resource now. But, yeah. I'm going to have to introduce mm-hmm. a little uh, personal story here about Keen Wondermine. Um, no. I don't know if you've, <laughs> you've been up there. It's in Death Valley, you know. And um, yep. my grandfather, when he was six and seven years old, was the laundry boy at Keen oh. Wondermine. So all of oh, the miners, wow. he wasn't he would go around collecting and then wash everybody's clothes. His father oh. was a miner there. So oh, wow. um just you know, and when I talked years ago and That's I talked amazing. to my grandpa about it, he is saying exactly what what you're saying, Sarah, like the it was harsh, really harsh yeah. to live out there on site for a couple of years. I mean, and he was six and seven years old. It was, you know, that, that's before child labor laws 
So he was working, mm-hmm. he was telling me he would bring his father. He was also in charge of bringing lunch sometimes, and he would bring, and all they, wow. he'd just bring canned sardines into the mine for the miners, like at lunchtime, hmm. and crackers. Wow. That was it, sardines and crackers. Wow. Oh my anyway, gosh. sorry to interrupt, but you were talking about no, the mine. No, no, so it's I interesting. But I think that's the thing. But those are it's some like that's like now you know Sarah as you go wandering around the mines. I mean that's like you have that connection now. You know? Didn't mm-hmm. right exactly. We did an interview with a a, a fellow that was in a wheelchair and then no. he's, and he's yeah it's yeah. it's it's a really amazing story coming to senses. Um, yeah. It's it's a, a gentleman who lo- he was like a really good off roading biker yeah. racer motorcycle racer and not necessarily off road in the you know those just dirt motorbiking or whatever I'm not good at that stuff mm-hmm. um, and he was really getting pro and was up there and he was in an accident and he lost the, the use of his legs right. his spine and everything and. Mm. It just shows this the documentary uh, Gil um, uh, and Nadia, that amazing filmmakers, did this documentary on them, and we interviewed them. And um, they filmed him. He was lying in his hospital bed, and it was basically the doctor said, "That's it. You're done. You're you you, you shouldn't even be alive, and you're never going to move again." And his sister came in and started to paint his toenails different colors just to mm. make him cheery and he was like he was so pissed at her like don't paint my toenails pink <laughs> he moved yeah <laughs> and that's when huh. he realized that you can't just take what the doctors say you you, you have this and he started working with different people and he was able to move he cycled all over the place he's run challenge like all kinds of like not running but uh cycling his mom got involved with it and they opened up special gyms for people that um, lost the use of their spine and legs and helping people to get that back because it is possible. And his biggest fate, even though he's cycled all over the country and around the world, and Gil uh, is amazing. He cycles from Alaska down to the tip of Mexico and stuff. He's amazing. Um, The film shows him walking across Death Valley for about 30 miles when you can't walk. With a walker. With a push cart thingy. Yeah. Yeah. And he did oh, wow. And he camped out there in the desert, and Gil <laughs> filmed him. And uh, anybody coming to my senses is like, it's is, a brilliant. I'm going to look it up now to make sure I've got the right thing. Mm-hmm. But no, it is I think there's something senses. interesting about the desert, Sarah. Do you feel that? Like when you look at you know the history of the miners and the people, and then you've got this ancient landscape of mm. of you mm-hmm. know the, the mountains it's, and it's, the sand, and then also the vegetation. Do you feel this mm-hmm. like sense of you know things like you know this guy crossing the desert and that's his accomplishment. He was able to walk across the desert. Do you feel like that kind of energy? <laughs> I think it, I, I, it, it's a combination between feeling very small, which is refreshing. Mm. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, puts things in perspective um, mm. and also feeling empowered because, you know, you are in this, incredibly harsh landscape and um you know you you prepare well you know you can go out into the landscape and um you know feel like you're the first one that's ever been there um but yeah I mean and it is very ancient and I think that's another really interesting part of it because as you 
travel around the park, you see remnants of volcanic activity, right? But you mm-hmm. you don't see a volcano. You see mm-hmm. remnants of water, you know, the, the erosion caused by water everywhere, but you don't see any water. Um, you know, there's there's just these, there are a lot of these etchings of past lives, you know, in, in the desert. Mm-hmm. And it's very mysterious. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what intrigues me about it. So. Mm. It, it's it's kind of stark. So from a composition wise, as as an artist, um, yeah, you know, do you feel like when you're taking your photos and such that it's like, okay, this is really different. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you said that. Mm. You know, it's mm. that's probably the most exciting part for me, honestly, because mm. you're it's it's a minimalist palette and. Yeah. Um, you know, with the vast, you know, um, vistas and how far away they are from you, um, you know, mm-hmm. you're really playing with perspective a lot. And so at least I find myself playing with perspective a lot. I've done um, more more shots of, you know, the distant landscapes and, and actually playing with the plains um, you know, background, middle ground, foreground, um, and flattening mm-hmm. them out. And everything is very painterly. It's coming out very painterly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's fine with me. It's, it's it, it, you know, it's fun to, you know, have some, some fine art influence in, the, in, the, mm. in my work here, you know, and um, less documentarian, you know. Um, but, you know, as I travel around the landscape, you know, you see these um, sites that were, you know, altered by humans and, you know, it, but they're all kind of blended together, right? Like there are these beautiful rolling hills and you actually don't really know what is natural and mm. what is yeah. a pile right. of tailings, right? Mm-hmm. And- Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now I gotta borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's so, um, so that's that's also something I'm incorporating into the work. And, uh, and the you know, they're weird. They're weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's, I find it weird. I, it's like being yeah. in outer space or something. Yeah, it just like feels like. On the mm-hmm. I don't. I have a weird feeling about it because I feel. Like, I understand we need to do that, but then there's, like, a line and all that. Right. There's that sense of balance we need to have. But 
it just I I don't know. I always feel weird about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, whenever I'm in a mining thing, and it, there's a beauty to it too. There's an interesting beauty, but mm-hmm. I don't. I I see it, but I can't really feel that beauty. I feel like a different. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird yep. thing. I totally know. I I think I can relate to what you're saying. I mean, it's really just I feel compelled to document it because I, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when you look at it on the grand scale of things, it's this tiny little hole in the mountain, right? And insignificant, mm-hmm. right? When you look at it against everything else, but you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, sort of representative of of um, the way we we treat our resources, right? I mean, we just kind of dig out well, all of the... these elements and leave them, you know, leave all the waste and. Yeah. Uh, the whole mm-hmm. area is littered with my, thousands of mines, and you know the towns outside of the park are mining towns, right? I mean, you mentioned Trona, and mm. Trona is absolutely fascinating, mm. right? I mean, it's a different type Hippie. of mining, um, <laughs> you know, mining, yeah, mining, um, you know, the mineral deposits from the the old dry lake bed, but you know, it's a town built around mining and um you know it's mm. that's got a whole history to itself but um you know just it's it's easy to forget you know that there are lots of points of interest like just outside the park too right so um i think what's interesting Sarah, about what I you have do a question is, i know you're for you. oh, go ahead go ahead mm-hmm. When uh, I'm so interested in you, and this is back a couple minutes, but saying that your photographs feel more painterly, um, mm-hmm. I, I would. I looking at your work, I I never thought of it as painterly. What what is making them that for you? Is it being in the space, or do you feel like it's the end product will be more painterly looking, or the abstraction? Yes. Maybe I think it's because it's ending up as abstractions, and um, even the large, you know, shots of mountains are ending up very mm. flat-looking. Um, and you know, I mean, that's partially because of the equipment that I'm using. And you know, when you use long lenses, it tends to compress div, and and I'm really liking that. Um, and like I mentioned, it's actually been really rainy. So um, the yeah. clouds have been absolutely just like a windfall because what they're doing is, you know, giving me this very dappled sunlight on the mountains. And mm. um, so it's giving me a lot of depth. Um, but, you know, the, the color palette is also minimalist, um, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe, you know, two or three shades. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not doing photography of, you know, the classic, like, recognizable thoughts. And, right. you know, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm looking for um, just, something different I guess you know something that mm. that really stands out to me as dust alley like 
people don't see it normally. And lately we've had a lot of fog. And so um, the the fog has been really interesting. Um, You know, it's been rolling in over the mountains. And when you, um, I drove up through the Panamint Valley up um, to, you know, Father Crowley Point and, um, it was, the fog was so thick you could barely see in front of your car. And so, you know, it's wow. like, what do I do with all these things? Right. I mean, it's, it's days where you don't, <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you have, for it. jump in. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. But it's the water, right. It's the water that, you know, the rain that will seep into the ground. And then in a couple months, right. it'll be the reason there's a super bloom, you know, because mm-hmm. the, these are the few weeks exactly. where the desert is getting the rain and the roads are mm-hmm. flooded and, you know, everything cool. is, is uh, a different color because it's wet, you know? And so. do you feel you're documenting history, whether or not it's like, yeah, I'm I doing do. this as documentary or yeah. I'm going in more on this art side of it. This is documenting history yeah. because art has always, to me, I just, my own personal belief has told the true history. <laughs> you know what I mean? The art yeah. has always told the truth. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You know Absolutely. And, color to it, you know? And, and I think, you know, as artists, you know, we have such a responsibility to do that because, you know, it's so easy to share visual communication now, you know? And it's it's a way in which we can so easily connect with with the public, and um, you know I think I, we almost have I a responsibility. Like, I think mm-hmm. what you're doing with mm, yeah. the Habitat series, and and what I've been I was going I through it. some of your Instagram and on your website, and I'm like, you there's this way of communicating, and I know I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Adam Roberts has to see your work. I'm going to be like mm-hmm. showing to some some projects. Um, <laughs> Because you know uh-huh. we've covered things with you know the the entrapment of animals in you know, cages uh-huh. and saying oh this is for conservation. Um, there's there's I know there's some portions of it. And as we are changing in the world, we're looking more mm-hmm. towards sanctuaries, and we're we're getting excited to go up exactly. and actually film a real one up in Greeley, Colorado. Um, but there's this thing of um, telling the truth and letting people actually see it. You know, so many times right. you can tell when someone's photographed a, a lion in a zoo versus a lion in the wild. And we know sure. from living in, mm-hmm. in Africa and, and Nancy, you know, photographing and painting them all, coming into, you you can tell. And so many artists will go, oh, look at this, you know, I've you know, photographed this beautiful picture of a lion. And I'm like, dude, that's just, it's fake. You know, I just want to say it's fake. So yeah. it's a real lion. But, it's, you know, fake but then what you're doing is you're showing the true sense of place. And I, I just, I always respect, you know, I just, I, I have a thing about really showing sense of place. And your photos tell the truth. There's this real sense of place. And I really just, I love that. Mm-hmm. What got you started into photography and then being able to, you know, go into that direction of that, of showing this true thing. Like here's the mm-hmm. the lion in the snow that looks like a cage, but no, the zoology people say, hey, right. the association says, yeah, you, and let's paint a background because the lion doesn't know any different, you know. Right. <laughs> you know right. The monkey doesn't know if you yep. paint it in the flowers. They don't know, you know. They know exactly. the difference, you know, and we're well, going to get done. fat and full of antibiotics. But anyway, not to get into that zone, but your your yep. journey into 
becoming a photographer and, and the paths you choose. And it's interesting where you are in Death Valley. To me, this is just fascinating. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it it has been an interesting journey um, because I, I always wanted to be a photographer, um, but I actually started in advertising. And um, that was very quickly abandoned. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I actually decided, um, you know, partially because of ethics and, um, mostly because I, you know, knew I wouldn't be able to have my own opinions in the industry. Right. So, um, Hmm. so I actually, uh, decided I would go into teaching and, um, so I started teaching photography, um, and in getting my master's, um, you know, it was a definitely um, a journey to, you know, figuring out what exactly I could do with my art um, and, you know, marrying the conceptual with what is interesting to look at and might be nice to look at, right? Um, so taking kind of the romantic sublime right and then um you know coupling that with with a concept behind it you know to me was just that's what made sense and so you know the topics I cover I don't pick them necessarily they just pick me right I mean you know the zoo project I I grew up with animals um I have you know such a soft spot for for animals and I think that as humans we should be their advocates right um and they're they're just we we don't take the care you know them that we should um and zoos are one of those examples of just you know i i know many zoos try to to you know create adequate living conditions for the animals but i it just makes me so sad to see wild animals in these constructed realities, you know, that, you know, for instance, a, a elephant that would travel, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles mm-hmm. across Africa, right? I mean, is stuck in this tiny little enclosure. And, you know, it's just, I, I guess I empathize with them. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just feel compelled to document it. And that's really you know, what my work comes down to is just, I just feel very You have integrity for what you believe in and to show it because a lot of people won't do that. And I think that I just Mm -hmm. have thoughts on that. I do think, you know, things are changing because of the internet and the ability for somebody sitting in the middle of the United States who's never had the opportunity to go to Africa can see film Mm -hmm. on television and see the difference um, webcams you, you know you can yeah you can look at like webcams i so love them it's like my favorite thing to do you know i have a little two minutes <laughs> of downtime to go to a webcam and see an eagle mm-hmm. with babies and and things right. in the wild you know you can do that now right. which when i was growing up you know obviously um i couldn't you're busy putting and, people up on the moon and yeah <laughs> You know, and so, you know, I understand in a way the beginning of mankind and collecting things and um, doing what what societies have done all over the world. 
um, but the t- things have changed, and we don't need to be doing what we did before. Right. I get why we started that way, but we're a little bit late mm-hmm. on making changes where we don't have to. I think zoos are absolutely archaic. I know the defense yep. is kind of that it's educational. It was at one time, but no more. Yeah. And I think that's where right, the But look at the target in. audience. Yeah. <laughs> They're like five-year-olds. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> it's not it adults with, 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 you know, people, you know, that are going to influence the industry going to zoos, right? Mm-hmm. Five-year-olds. No, it, I, I think it, it's, well, in, in their parents' pocketbook. So it's about getting to them True, and, right. and, and getting to the parents. And I think now it's like with all these different things, and I also like that how your document was happening on public lands, and I think that's what's also very cool about what you're doing in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. You're there, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's super real. You know, Tanya, I want to go back to you on this because I know you're a photographer as well, and looking at this whole process of Sarah as a documentarian, but it's an art, right? So there's a, I think mm-hmm. documentary art is art, right? Oh, yeah. Don't you think, Tanya? It is. Definitely. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's the art of telling a story. and, and It's education. Yeah, and getting it out there. Um, I wanted to touch back to you on, on really the different art opportunities right now that's up there for, you know, the next season what should people know about that they can all the artists that can apply what's what's up there starting in february oh boy we have a lot up and a lot that is expiring very soon we have um in fort union new mexico a veterans Mm -hmm. membership fees apply after free trial cancel anytime can i be real for a second that goal you have to exercise and eat better you really can do it but nobody is going to do it for you And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. And uh, the applications are are free. We had somebody donate any of those fees uh, for how many people have applied, and we've only had two or three applications at this point, and uh, which is great for them. But um, that's going to be closing pretty soon. Um, and we didn't do a whole lot of um, considering we've been dealing with getting people housing and stuff for the shutdown and figuring out how to do that. We haven't had a whole lot of time to advertise it, so. It's our fault, mm-hmm. but um, that's one that's coming up. An incredible one that's coming up is we partnered with a Poetry Foundation mm. and Gettysburg Foundation, and this this is really huge. We have this coming October. So if you're a poet, it's for poets, and um, – the person that gets it, like we had um, uh, Zochi uh, last yes. time for, oh, she was amazing. For, for this. Yeah, she is totally amazing. And the there's going to be a tour that's going to be, you'll do your, uh, you know, have a poetry reading in Gettysburg. And then we pay, it's like all expenses plus a $1,000 stipend and everything is free. And then we're going to have a small tour at, the Poetry Foundation, so you'll read at the Poetry Foundation, and they're amazing. Wow. And wow. at the Library of Congress. 
um, cool. which is really cool because the Library of Congress mm. is supporting it. The National Park Service is going to be there. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, so um, that is a really big deal, and we I think that the application deadline for that is March 2nd. So, yeah, it seems like a far way off, but it's really not. <laughs> so, mm. No, um, you need to move. I mean, yeah, you've got yeah. to move, and I want to encourage people to go to nationalparkartsfoundation.org and sign up for the newsletter. Also get connected on Twitter and Facebook, right? That's the the three important things. Because you always have new things popping up, and, and they come in and they go. <laughs> oh, they can be up for even two days. I think we had one up for just a day one time, the opportunity. We needed it really quickly. And the one, like the Poetry Foundation one, we just put that public last Wednesday, I think. So it's not like there's a whole lot of time. Some of them, as you know, are posted for an entire year, and some of them and. Sometimes we're like in Death Valley, we're lucky enough to have uh, a few people and at the end we go, wait, we can't just accept one person. Let's come up with, you know, funding and everything for more people than just one, you know, so um, it's well wow. worth it. Then, then, of course, we've wow. got Dry Tortugas and then this year a whole a whole bunch of new ones are coming up in different different national parks. So, and some of them, most of them, the um, you know the housing is inside the park itself. Some of them are outside the park, and uh, it's basically. I mean, I have to say, it's up to the artist what they want to do during their residency. We just say, give us a mm-hmm. proposal of what you want to do, and that's it. And so and, they've got to come up to with change the. Uh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I know. Yeah, I mean, it changes I mean, all the time. Sarah, because when you get there, what you think if you've never been there, when you get there, it's kind of... I know, Sarah, did you get to do any night sky photography yet because of all the weather? I mean, I know that was part of what you wanted to do there, right? No, unfortunately, it's been too cloudy. Um, Yeah. So I'm really hoping this weekend... (laughs) Well, everything shifted, yeah. It's... it's, uh, it's been sort of an evolution, but um, this weekend I'm really hoping for some clear skies because there is the lunar eclipse. So, uh, yeah, we're we to love the blood moon. moon. I know, I know, yeah. the blood moon in Death Valley. That sounds <laughs> cool. good. But so mm-hmm. that, you know, even, like when, when you're in the desert, there's one thing that I, I just want to say real quick. Lisa, give me look. I know we're um, out of time, but is when things, I want to use the word bleak, people look at the desert and say it's so bleak. And I think it's the perfect opportunity to look at something, the one thing you can find in what you think is bleak, and really look at it. It might just be mm-hmm. one part of a tumbleweed or a twig or a, a little bug. Right. And, and yeah. suddenly it's- your whole focus shifts. I know, it's so cool. That's what the desert does. It's exactly. a vast open space, and the I desert makes it. you look at the small and yeah. the little things. You know, when you're in a place that yeah, everything's like booming with, like, wow, wow, when you get the desert, you start to appreciate the little things and yeah. the crack in the earth. It, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya, the one thing, too, you've gone through so many challenges, you know, in 2018 into 2019, hurricanes, and I mean, even, what, a year before that, too, I should say. It's, yeah, it's, it's, challenges <laughs> happen with this residency program, which is an incredible program. 
but you're outlasting them. And I know Glenn McCurr was on the show last month talking about his residency in Hawaii Volcanoes. Meantime, you know, the endowment goes, you know, sideways because of this shutdown. So dealing with the shutdown, um, I mean, what if, I mean, what happens if this goes for six months? I mean, can, how can people help you to continue this and, and make it better? You know, just in, in regards to challenges that do come up, because you're still rolling and everything's still going. So um, you need support. I know that, right? Yes, we do need support. And monetary support is number one what we need. They go directly to the artists, especially the artists that we've had to shuffle around uh, for different housing. That's mm. That's been in the tens of thousands of dollars for us. Um, and mm-hmm. and we are just really trying to keep it all going with um, two things, the, the budgets that all got cut last year, as well as the government shutdown. And thankfully, we've, we've been very lucky and been able to pull that off, you know. And we, we tell the artists to get insurance and that kind of thing, but, you know, some – do and it's not great insurance i mean as you know we we ran a fundraiser for the hurricane and um but anyway i'm going on and on yes we need support but um the other thing that we really need somebody has a home outside of a park or knows of the concession inside of the park or wants to just donate to um to rent like an Airbnb? Uh, you know, a room or a house <laughs> Uh, yeah, anything. But the concessions inside the parks are who owns the resorts and hotels and restaurants that are inside, the, actually inside parks. Those aren't actually, well, they're owned by the government, of course, but they're run by these, these bigger companies. So if anybody just wanted to donate, uh, you know, a room and food to an artist for a month, we really, really need that. I mean, it's, you know, I say that I give that option because, yes, yeah, sure, we would love the cash, but I, when I donate to places, I want to know exactly where my money's going. So, so we've given mm-hmm. that option to people like, just do this directly. So you know that we're not, you know, using the money for something right. else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes up with something else creative for materials or anything like that, we, we do need, need that too. So, yeah. Right on. Thank you. For so everybody, nationalparksartsfoundation.org, go there. Sarah, I'm going to ask you this in closing. Would you do this again? Would you submit for another artist in residency? I mean, even though you, you landed in the middle of the shutdown, would you do it again? Absolutely. And I, I plan right, on awesome. it. Oh, good. Awesome. Good, good. I can't wait to hear where you're going next. Uh, so thank you for joining <laughs> us, uh, both of you. It's been a true pleasure. I cannot wait to see what comes out of your experience in Death Valley. Mm -hmm, Sarah, it's been a a true pleasure. And Tanya, always a pleasure hanging with you. Uh, Aloha, lady, in uh, Mm -hmm. in Hawaii at the beach right now while it's dark and, you know, (laughs) cloudy here. Anyway, that's all good. And, uh, hey, you know, here's to the desert. I just want to give a toast. Mm -hmm. It's a toast to the parks and art show. (laughs) But I want to toast to the desert having the super bloom. Um, so, folks, go out to the deserts, and this spring is going to be amazing. Uh, please don't step on the flowers. Yes, please don't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't walk on the grass, man. Uh, protect the flowers. Uh, oh, real quick, Sarah, have you? Is, is mm-hmm. it? Are people behaving in the park? Are you? Is is all that stuff? 
Oh, they really are. Happy. They really are. It's it's nice to see. You know, I mean, it's been oh, wow. very quiet here. There aren't a ton of people, but actually, um, you know, it's. I have to say that the Rangers here have actually been um, working, and they've been on duty, and they have been out and about, wow. and you know, they're taking they're awesome. care of the sites, and oh yeah. So wow. you know, wow. thank you to them as well because. Yeah, um, you know, they're sure. they're still supporting us even though um, you know, they are getting pay. paychecks. So Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, amazing. Amazing. Thanks for letting us know that. Uh everyone also if you go to loveyourparkstour.com you'll see we have a couple T shirts that help benefit um, the National Parks Arts Foundation and other nonprofits as well, veterans uh, programs as well. So check that out. And uh, everyone, again, nationalparksartsfoundation.org, and also keep up with Sarah. Go to her website, sweden.us, and it's S-W-E-E-D-E-N.us, and her Instagram is Sarah underscore Whedon, and Sarah's S-A-R-A-H. I'm, I know how to spell. I'm just making sure because Sarah can be done, you know, in different ways. So there you go. All right. And everyone, for Death Valley, you want to learn more about that, go to nps.gov forward slash D-E-V-A. And uh, we got some music for you, ladies. Um, this is from a band called Bay Station Band. They're based out of Northern California in the Bay Area. And uh, they spent some time in Joshua Tree writing an album, and the album is called Other Desert Cities. They're an awesome band. Uh, Everyone can check them out at baystationband.com. And we wanted to play this because it's desert, uh, and it is called Sands of Time. So here it is, everyone. Sands of Time, Bay Station Band. Here it is. Take care, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Play.
Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.